We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. What you've just experienced, my Bible tells me that angels are right here looking into this. And they don't quite understand because they've never experienced redemption, but they desire it so much to feel and experience what you're feeling and experiencing right now. Angels are right here right now desiring, wishing, in awe of, and wanting to do and feel. And if they could just jump and shout a little bit, they would, but they don't know what that means. If they could shout with a voice of triumph, they could, but they don't know what that means. If, if they could understand what it means to be healed, to be redeemed, to be delivered, that they don't understand what that means. And so they're watching you today in longing, wishing they could do and feel and experience what you do today. So I invite you today just to experience all of God you can. Experience all of God you can. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. We're going to read verses 13 through 14. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to this kingdom for such a time as this? For such a time as this. I want to talk to you just a little bit about divine appointment. Divine appointment. Mordecai was a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin and was living in Babylon at the time under the king of or the rule of King Xerxes. Many of you have seen the movie 300, and the Xerxes that's in 300 is a Xerxes that, that we're reading about in the Scripture today. Mordecai had this beautiful young cousin named Esther whom he raised as his own. So Esther ended up in the palace of Xerxes, and, and he was a member of Xerxes' harem. She found favor with the head eunuch in charge of the harem at that time, and Around that time, one of the king's most trusted advisors named Haman, and I'm just giving you the Reader's Digest here. Many of you know the story, and I won't go through the impact of the story because I want to talk to you today about divine appointment, but just to give you a Reader's Digest of the story. And so one of the king's most trusted advisors named Haman had set a plot to kill all of the Jews. He just wanted to annihilate all the Jews. He, he despised Mordecai, and he, he convinced the king to... To, to, to enact the plan that he had and to make a decree. And we know that in those days when a king made a decree, then it, it went out and everyone followed the decree. So as a, in our reading, the Jews' only hope was whether or not Esther was going to be willing to risk her life to save her people. That's what it was coming down to. Because she knew that if, if she spoke out and spoke up, that her, it was a chance that she would lose her life. Mordecai pushed Esther, though, and pushed her past her fear of what might happen and pushed her into that realm of what God had called her to do. And, you know, sometimes we just need that, don't we? We just need some encouragement, a little push, a little, a little, hey, this is what God has called you to do for such a time as this. And in verse 14 is where we read these words that, you know, we've heard those in all kinds of messages, in all kinds of 
words uh, for such a time as this. Many people and many Christians walk their, through their lives not understanding the gravity of their existence. Many Christians, many people, but especially in Christianity, don't understand the gravity of their experience and where they're at. They feel like their circumstances of their life are brought out by luck or happenstance or coincidence. You ever been somewhere and something happened and, boy, that was lucky, that was lucky there. Man, I, I just missed that. or man, That was coincidence. I, I'd never expect to see that person here. Or, man, what a coincidence that I would be here and they would be here. Have you ever gone through those situations where immediately what comes to your mind is that? that that's because you're missing out the understanding of divine appointment divine appointment. The word luck is defined as a circumstance brought about by chance rather than by a person's actions. Luck. Circumstance brought about by chance rather than by one's own actions. Happenstance is defined as a circumstance that arises due to chance. Happenstance, something that comes about due to the process of chance. The word coincidence, we, we use that word a lot, is defined as a remarkable Concurrence of events without apparent casual connection. So a lot of times what happens is that people, Christians, live their life and their life is encompassed with circumstances that they think are brought about by chance rather than action, by circumstance uh, that's due to chance, or by circumstances that arise without any kind of connection. It just happens. Esther's life is an example of just the opposite, though. That our lives are filled, are filled with such a time as this moment. We look at Esther's such a time as this moment, and that's really all we ever preach about. That's really what we ever talk about. But when you look at her life, her life is filled with such a time as this moment. And your life and my life is filled with such a time as this moment. It's all in the connection we make. Our lives are filled with divine appointments. Divine appointments. A divine appointment is a moment in time where God has appointed an event, an occurrence, or an action to take place in your life. Let me say that again. A divine appointment. See, we think of a divine appointment as God selecting a period in time and rising a very famous person. That's what we usually think of divine appointment. But a divine appointment is a moment in time when God has appointed an event, an occurrence, or an action to take place in your life. It's a situation that's God-inspired, God-directed, and God-willed. Our lives are filled with divine appointment. And what we fail to recognize is that because we are bought with a price, because we are His and not our own, that He is constantly interacting in divine appointment in our lives. And we miss it a lot of times. We look at it as happen chance. We don't say that. We, we don't say, hey, guess, guess what happenstance happened to me today? Hey, I, there was a coincidence in today at my work. That we, you know, sometimes we use words without realizing what we're saying. Your life is filled with divine appointment. By divine appointment, Moses was placed in an ark and set in the Nile River. That was by divine appointment. It didn't just so happen that Miriam did it. It was a divine appointment of God. By divine appointment, he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. That just didn't happen. That wasn't coincidence. It wasn't coincidence that she happened to be down by the Nile when he floated by. 
That was by divine appointment. It was by divine appointment that he was raised in Pharaoh's courts. It wasn't something that just happened. By divine appointment, divine appointment, Moses lived in his father-in-law's tents, and he kept his father-in-law's livestock. That wasn't just something he could do to spend the next 40 years of his life. That was divine appointment. He learned some things there. By divine appointment, Moses delivers Israel from Egypt. By divine appointment, Moses brings them through the Red Sea. By divine appointment, he leads them through the wilderness. By divine appointment, he receives God's Word. And by divine appointment, he's buried by God. You know, Hebrews chapter 9, I believe verse 27 says that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that a judgment. Appointed there in the Greek is just what you think it is. It's a reservation. It, appoint, it is appointed. Appointed means reserved. God has, listen, even in your death, God has reserved for you a place, an instance, a situation. There's a divine appointment for your death. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit hard to take, isn't it? That's telling me God is in every single part of your life and mine. Everything that goes on in our life is by divine appointment. By divine appointment, David was born the youngest of Jesse's sons. By divine appointment, David was born the youngest of Jesse's sons. By divine appointment, he slew bears and lions. He slew a giant with a slingshot by divine appointment. He became king of Israel by divine appointment. And he was a man after God's own heart by divine appointment. By divine appointment, Daniel rested easy in a lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego passed through a fiery furnace by God's divine appointment. By divine appointment, Solomon was the richest and wisest to ever live by divine appointment. By divine appointment, Mary conceived and bore a son. And his name was Emmanuel, Jesus. By divine appointment, fishermen, a physician, a tax collector, all became disciples by divine appointment. By divine appointment, Andrew introduces his brother Peter to Jesus by divine appointment. By divine appointment, Jesus meets a woman at a well. Not circumstance, not happenstance, not a coincidence. By divine appointment, she was there at the same time he was. By divine appointment, Jesus raised a young man from the dead during his own funeral procession. The woman from Nain crying. And by divine appointment, Jesus comes to the same place and passes through the same road at the same time. Coincidence? Chance? Luck? Some people would say that young man sure was lucky. He got to live again. No, he got to live again by divine appointment. By divine appointment, a woman is healed of a 38-year-old disease by divine appointment. By divine appointment, Zacchaeus is in a tree and he meets Jesus. He's in a tree and he meets Jesus. By divine appointment, a man's child is delivered from devils. Oh, he was just at the right place at the right time. He was just lucky Jesus was passing by. By divine appointment, 
by divine appointment, Jesus forgives a man as he hangs on a cross beside him. By divine appointment. You understand that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, they were still in the Old Testament. Until Jesus died and was resurrected, the Old Testament was still in the process. Only until Jesus became the New Testament and, and, and died for us and rose again did the New Testament begin. Yet in the Old Testament, He forgives a man of his sins and told him, Today you're going to be with me in paradise. Divine appointment. By divine appointment, Saul, the man who was standing as they stoned Stephen, he held Stephen's clothes. By divine appointment, he was on a road one day to Damascus. But his life was changed forever by divine appointment. By divine appointment, John received a revelation from God on the Isle of Patmos. That was a divine appointment. Do you understand today that you're here by divine appointment? You're here today by divine appointment. Not luck, not happenstance, not the day I chose, not coincidence. This is the day God chose for you to be here under divine appointment. Why would God choose for you to be here today under divine appointment? Because God has something for you today. Pastor Don, I come every week. Absolutely. I try to as well. But God has us here by divine appointment. You're here today for that reason. God has you here today for such a time as this. You see, what you're experiencing today, a time such as this, you wouldn't experience yesterday. That was the time for such as this yesterday. And often we walk with God in weeks and months and years when God says, walk with me in days. He says, don't worry about yesterday. That's gone. Don't worry about tomorrow. It takes care of itself. Walk with me today. Walk with, the divine appointment is today. You're not here today just because. You're not here today just Some of them teach Sunday school. I'm here every week. Thank you. You're here today by divine appointment. Listen, you weren't born in the year 1000 A.D. for a reason. You weren't born in 1200 A.D., for a reason. You weren't born in the 1500s. You weren't born in the 1800s. Some of us were born in the 1900s. Some of us were born in the 2000s. But understand, you're born when you're born by divine appointment. God says to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. Before I formed you, he said, before I even made you, in the womb. I knew you. And that word know, knew, you understand what that is. It's the same word in the Hebrew where Adam knew Eve and she conceived. God knew you and, was, and there was something conceived in your life by God because He knew you even before you were conceived in the womb. But you were conceived in your mother's womb for a time such as this. You're here today by divine appointment. Your life exists by divine appointment. You see, Don couldn't have made it in the 1500s. He wouldn't have been effective in the 1800s. I would like to have tried to live in the 1800s because I like outdoor stuff. But that's not when Don was 
supposed to be here. Don was supposed to be here in the 1900s and the 2000s because that's the divine appointment. You are supposed to be here, and you're here. Of the thousands of years and the billions of people that has existed, God has you here today by divine appointment. By divine appointment. You're in this generation because you're in a divinely appointed generation. This is the one you're called into. Again, you're not here by chance. We were all called here today to understand that we are here for a time such as this. We, we, a lot of times I hear this, the world has never seen a time that, such as this that we live. And that's correct. They saw the time in which they lived. And they were there for the time such as this in their life, in their generation. But God is saying to us today, I've got you here today for a time such as this. What is happening all around us spiritually, physically, politically, socially? It's all around us. And we have been divinely appointed to affect it. We have been divinely appointed in this hour to affect that. We are supposed to affect the areas of spirituality, the areas of physicality, the areas of politics, the areas of social. We're supposed to, what's happened in the church, though, is that's affecting the church. What we're supposed to be affecting in the divine call in our life is affecting us. And it's causing us to not fulfill our divine call and our divine appointment. It's, it's hard not to be affected by some things, isn't it? It's, it's hard to, I'm going I'm to throw you all a little, it's hard not to not be affected by what you see on the news, isn't it? Quit watching the news. What, and not know what's going on in the world? Okay. Okay. You know, it's okay to not know what's going on in the world. Now, now I'm not talking about ostrich. I'm not talking about hiding and moving away. But understanding that everything, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that's going on spiritually, physically, financially, socially, has already happened before in this world. It's already happened. Nothing new under the sun. The spread, the, well, we're under such stress in today's society. Can you imagine the stress when the rain began to fall? How about when the fire fell? Can you imagine the stress of the early church as there were those like Saul that was coming to imprison them, take their children away and kill them? Now, that's stress. So there's no difference between today and then. It's just that we are under here in this place and because God knows, God has faith in you that in this divine, divine appointment time that you're the one called into this generation to affect this generation. You're the one. You're the one. Out of all the billions of people that have crossed through this world, and right now there's 8 billion people just right now. Go back to Adam. It's a lot of people. But God said, I knew this person. I knew you before you were even conceived for the time such as this. Just as Esther, our obedience to our calling can make a huge difference between life and death and other people. See, the, the Jews' lives were, were in the balance of whether Esther would obey her call or not. 
if she just let it go, then Hammond was going to have his way. And not only was Mordecai, you see, they, Hammond had built gallows. He was ready to hang them all. And he, he had, there, was, there was a conscript that, that they were ready that at, at, the, at the very spoken word of the king would go kill all the Jews. But she had an effect because she was under divine appointment. And there's a lot of people in our world today that you know, their, their life and death is going to depend on how you and I respond to our divine appointed call, our divine appointment. God called us today to seek and to save that which was lost. We can't save. Our part is to seek, right? When we seek, God saves. Your divine appointment of being here today, your obedience to your calling, it's going to make the difference, not just in your life, but in the lives of people around you. Can I persuade you today that you are here for a time such as this? Can I persuade you today you're here today for a time such as this? You can affect what's going on in your home. You can affect what's going on in your neighborhood. Your divine appointment has you in a place where you could affect what's going on in the city you live in and the state you live in and the country you live in and the world you live in. Many of us are, are, are like the ten that came back and said, there's giants in the land and man, we're, they're going to kill us all when we should be like the two guys, Joshua and Caleb, who said, oh, Forget about those guys. Man, there's grapes bigger than basketballs. Man, there's stuff over there. You wouldn't believe if I told you. Let's go. Right now. Let's cross the Jordan. That's what God's calling us to do. Let's go. Let's go right now. Let's don't worry about what giants are on this. Are there giants over there? There were giants, yeah. Man, think about, oh, David, he walks up there and his brothers are all cowering behind Saul. Oh, man, there's a giant down in there. David, yeah, there is. There is. What did he say? Excuse me? Hold on a minute, guys. Well, you better put on this stuff. No, don't tell me what I need to put on. I've, I've got what I need to put on. i got God. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. And he walks down in there. He picks up five smooth stones. He's preparing himself. Not because he thinks it's going to take five shots. It's only going to take one shot. But Goliath has some brothers. And so he just sacked them up. He said, okay, bring on all the giants. And the church is afraid today to bring on the giants. That's, where, that's what God's calling us to do. The giants that are in our generation, we're, we're not sacking up our, our rocks. We need to sack up our rocks. What, who is the stone? Who is the rock? The rock Christ Jesus is the rock that rolled through. The rock, who was the rock that David? The rock Christ Jesus. That's, who is our rock? It's Christ. Man, just sack up Jesus and let's go. He, man, he, yeah. I wonder if he put a little tattoo on each finger. You know what he told that giant? He said, listen, here's the only thing you need to know. I come in the name of the Lord. That's all you need to, and that's the last thing the giant ever heard in his life. He never heard another word. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't the stone that killed the giant. The stone took the giant down. But what Jesus wants you to do is when he takes the giant down, you take the giant's own sword and you take the giant's own head off. You're part of it. You're part of it. God will do his, Jesse, God will do his part, won't he?
Every time. He does the impossible. So he just wants us to do the possible. Man, I think I could take a sword off a giant today. Man, there, there, there are things in our society today, those giants, they need to be cut down. They need to be cut down. We just need to, we just need to let the rock take them down. Bring them down. You know, I, I don't know if David could have. He might have been able to, but he might have been able to took that, take that sword of that giant, which is the size of a weaver's beam. And if you, if you study that one, you, that'll shock you what a weaver's beam is. I don't know that he could reach up nine feet and cut his head off. And I don't know that God would say yes or no, but I think God brought the giant down to the place where he could. Do we trust God today to bring giants down? All we got to do is come in the name of the Lord. He'll bring the giant down. And then we, man, what? can you imagine the brothers that are standing there going, because if, if I'd seen my little brother, I have two little younger brothers. If I'd seen my little brother do that, I, you know what? I'd, I would have been in awe because he's a punk. I would have been in awe. Can you imagine? And I can't imagine that as the, the head rolled off from the body, all of the armies that were on the hills overlooking got a little bit braver than they were 10 minutes ago. And I would imagine they started thinking, huh. And I know something happened because the armies of the Philistines began to flee. And all of a sudden what rose up in those guys that had been worried about this giant is they started chasing the Philistines down. All it takes is somebody to believe God that he'll take down the giant and slay him. That's all that's got to happen. It's one, one person to believe it and watch what happens in the kingdom of God. Well, there's not enough of it. Sure there is. If one can put a thousand to flight and two, ten thousand, then how many can three? A hundred thousand. How many can four? A million. How many can five? There's more than five of us here. Man, there, I don't think y'all hearing me. I don't think you hear me. By divine appointment, you are here today to understand something that God wants to use you in this last day and the place that we live in to take down some giants in the name of the Lord. Hmm. When it was all said and done, when Hammond's plot was actually exposed, that he wanted to kill all of the Jews, and all that was undone, he was hanged on the very gallows that he had built for Mordecai. You know, listen, nothing greater than seeing your enemy hang himself. Nothing greater than seeing your enemy hang himself. Put himself in, in his, on his own doing. They didn't even have to build the gallows. The enemy hung himself on his own gallows. We don't give God enough credit for what He's done in the past to believe what He's going to do in the present. That was by divine appointment. By divine appointment, God had laborers in Babylon that built gallows so that Haman could be hanged. That's how deep God's divine appointment goes. we got to give God some credit here about His divine appointment. You see, in the church today, He has divinely appointed every one of you. He's divinely appointed every one of us that we can take the enemy and totally watch him destroy himself. Chapter 8 of Esther, verses 15 through 17. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king, and man, he was wearing royal apparel. 
what? He was wearing blue and white and, and with a great crown of gold. Now, this was the guy that was supposed to be hung. He was part of the group that was supposed to be destroyed. But because a, a woman, guys, listen to me. Be, mm-hmm. Women ought to be shouting about now. Because a woman decided that she was going to follow after her divine appointment and entire nation. Ladies, ladies, you could be the very lady that by divine appointment changes the history of this country. Oh, pastor, you, we can't, we're too far gone. With men, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Do we believe God could really change this nation? I don't think some of us want Him to change this nation. We're so mad now about our politics, and we're mad about our rights, and we're mad about this, and we're disgusted about that, that we, don't, we want God to wipe this place out. Ask Jonah about that. God said, Jonah, go over there. There's 300,000 people in that city, and you need to tell them something. If you don't, I'm wiping them out. So what does he do? He avoids the fact. He gets swallowed. He gets regurgitated. He goes to the city. God does great things, and he gets mad about it. He goes and feels, I'm just going to sit under this thing here and just cry a little bit and go, oh, God, you know, now the shade's even leaving. Why are, you, why, why are you doing all this? Sometimes that's the way we act as Christians. Man, would be great if for some reason Pastor Don tonight turned the news on. And saw people in Congress receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, some of us don't believe that because it's a giant to us. It's a giant to us. Man, what if we saw Joe Biden get up and start to speak and begin to speak in a language he had never spoken in? See, some of us can't believe that. We just can't believe it. When God says, oh, yeah, if you'll just speak these words, the Holy Ghost will fall. Uh-oh. If you'll speak the words of Jesus, the Holy Ghost, boy, see, I can tell, ooh, man. There's resistance. I believe God could set this country on fire. I believe before Jesus returns, this country could make a turnaround like this unbelievable. And I can just feel some of us, we don't even want it. We're so mad about it. Go, go find yourself a whale. That's all I can tell you. Go find yourself a whale. Because we're going to believe it. We're going to believe it. Mordecai went out from the presence with a, and, and with a great crown and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Now here comes the Jews that were going to be destroyed. The, new, the Jews had light. They had gladness, verse 16. They had joy and honor, verse 17. And in every province and in every city, wheresoever the king's command and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. Do you know who the Old Testament Jews are a type and shadow of? The New Testament church. Understand that when you take the giant down, the days are going to change. I'm tired of living in gloom and, and gloom and doom and hearing everybody talk about we're done and we're over and all that. You know what? I'm ready for some gladness and rejoicing. 
I, I'm ready to see some, some honor that happens in the house of God and in the United States of America. That every province, every city will rejoice and have a feast. And those Jews could have a feast, couldn't they? They had a feast because it turned Tuesday. They had a feast because Friday was coming. Man, what kind of feast could we have in America if we saw God change? And here's what I love the most about the Scripture that many of us missed. And many of the people of the land, that is Jews that were there, and Babylonians, many of the people became Jews. They became Jews. Those that were ready to kill them now became them. A lot of times we look, there is no way that Congress, there's no way that the military, there's no way that people, that the, those that are against us, and there's no way the atheists and the agnostic, and there's no way those that, that listen, I think we're afraid they're going to outnumber us and become more than us. They're going to overrun us, and man, what we should have been doing, they're going to do. I think the church is afraid of that right now. But here's what I also think, that God is not just preaching this sermon here today. And I'm not God. I'm just, I think this sermon is going out all over the place. That God is saying, rise up, get up. I'm ready to take the giant down. Get ready to pull your sword out. You just fling the rock. Just, just speak the name. While he yet spake these words. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. While he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. A nation, a people, a family, all saved and delivered because somebody understood their divine appointment. Man, what awaits us starting today because we recognize today that we're not here by accident. We're not here by luck. We're not here by happen chance or coincidence. God had you. You look around. We all realize there's some people that aren't here today that are normally here, and there's some people. Now, this is nothing against them. They're just... They're all for different reasons. God knows everything, and He has the purpose behind it. But you'll notice not everybody that's normally here is here, right? Because God divinely appointed you here today to hear this message for a reason. You see, God, God knows the end from the beginning. If God already, listen to me, you're not hearing me. If God already knows that you understand your divine appointment, God already knows what you're going to do. He's already seen it. He's already experienced it. God's in eternity. He's at the signing of the Declaration of Independence right now. He's at the burning of Rome. God's at the year, if it lasts, 2097. God lives in eternity. There's no time essence in God. He's everywhere at all times at all things. I know that's hard to grasp, but that's God. And so what He's done is He's put you in a divine appointment, a moment of time, because He doesn't operate in time. But He's put you in that divine appointment because He's letting you know, I have faith in you. I know what you're going to do. If you'll just go forward and do it. Does it change anything about you that you understand that you're here by divine appointment? Does it change anything about you? Man, as I was preparing this, God just began to, it just welled up in me that you know what? God really does love me and care for me. He really does want to use me. In spite of the fact that I'm Don Biddick, that, that's, God's ready to make it happen. He's ready to make it happen. 
Now, David could have stood at the edge of that valley and looked and looked and looked like his brothers and the army men and Saul. They all stood right there and looked. And the, the longer they viewed that giant, the bigger he got. I bet he was 12 feet tall by the time they had him. He was nine feet in Scripture. But when you keep looking at an issue, a giant, and a problem over and over, when you don't let God take you into it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what God is saying today is, listen, I'm about to take that giant down where you can deal with him. I'm about to take him down where you can handle him. I'm about to take him down where you can slice his head off. You can take it right. He, he wants you to have that confidence. Man, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater than having confidence in what you do. I remember when in high school I, I, I boxed. And this is going to sound bad, but just take it for what it's worth. There's nothing greater than knocking your opponent out. It's one thing to win by points, but when you knock your opponent out, it's a whole different feeling. There's a power and something inside of you that says, mm, I'm five feet ten, but right now I'm six feet eight. I don't, I don't have a 15-inch neck. I have a 19-inch neck. My biceps are not 17. They're 95. You feel all of this. And what God is saying to you, to, to you today is, listen, I want to take this giant down for you so you can, I want you to feel what's behind you. Feel what's behind you. Lord Jesus. God, you have called us to a time such as this. Every person that's in this room is not here by happen chance, not here, whether we're regulars or invited or whoever, God. We're, we're not here by chance or luck, not coincidence, God. You brought us here today, every single one of us, to hear this message because of the times that we are in, the times such as this. Lord, my prayer right now is that by divine appointment that you have us in, that we understand that you orchestrated this today by divine appointment. That you're in constant orchestration of our lives by divine appointment. That, that those things that come against us, we have authority and power by divine appointment. It's not within us, ourselves, but it's the Christ in us. God, help us as a people, help us as your church, your people to realize our purpose today and why we're here. In Jesus' name. This is an opportunity for you. These altars are open. If you will, if you will receive your divine appointment today, if you will receive from God the word of divine appointment today, I want you to come to this altar. It's, this altar is a place. An altar is a place of worship. It's a place of praise. And many times in churches, an altar is just for the sinner. Well, congratulations, because I am too. We're all sinners saved by grace. So it's not just for the sinner to come and fi find Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's when the sinner gets there that Jesus has found them. We don't find him on. He finds us. But there's an opportunity for us to realize this morning, God, I'm stepping into my divine appointment right now. I'm stepping into it. And, and, and I want you to go to God. We're going to pray here in a second. I'm going to let you pray and talk to God. And you, and you let God know you're, you're ready for that giant. Because you know 
I'm just packing Jesus because I know what he, God's about. God's about to let me take Jesus and take that giant down. And God, I know you're going to do that. And I can't wait, Lord, when I can take that enemy and then I can... See, when you slice off the hand, he's still able to fight. When you slice off the foot, he can still come at you. But when you take off the head, it's a done deal. It's over. Jesus is ready, are you? Just, just talk to Jesus right now. Just, just talk to him a little bit about what you've heard. In Jesus' name. Lord Jesus. God, I just appreciate your word. Thank you, Lord. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.